Hello, everybody, and welcome to what I believe will be the final women's podcast from Total Italian Football ever. That's a joke. It's the last one of 2023 because we don't have any more fixtures this season. And based on what I can find on the fixtures, Italy aren't doing anything for the end of 2023. No, well, that would be mad. Yeah, I know. But I, it's always worth a little look. <laughs> as soon as as soon as there's a break in the league fixtures, mm. I think, well... Um, so the next action... Um, this was like, what I should be saying at the end, but I'm doing it now. Um, the next action that you'll actually get from this set of players is going to be 7th of January with the Super Cup final. And I'll be there. And you'll be there. Because it is in Cremona. Cremona. It's Juventus Inter. Or, or no, it's not Juventus Inter. Juventus <laughs> Roma. How I'm is it built? Is it Roma Juve or Juve Roma? I don't know, actually. That's important for hashtags. I can't, can't find the uh, the doodah telling me what it is. Okay, fair enough. Because uh, no one's put it anywhere. Champions are first, right? Um... Yeah, so la- last time the event it was Juventus Roma, so that would yeah okay add up. Um, but yes, what we're going to do slightly different format to normal. Little peek behind the curtain, rather than just let it happen to you. I'm going to tell you. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about the weekend's fixtures. We've had match day eleven, is what we've just enjoyed, and it was a good one actually. It was oh, it was a very good one. Genuine drama. Game I was at was incredible. Mm. And there's. Yeah. Two other results that are very, not, not shocking, but very surprising. And another game with loads of goals. We'll talk through that lot for a bit, and then we'll do a bit more of a general, here's what's gone on in the season so far, because we're, we're slightly over the halfway point of the main season, but it's you know, it's Christmas, so it's a nice little nice little stopping point. Um, I know what you say, want to talk about first. You seem... All over the place this morning. <laughs> Absolutely all over the place. And we are making this available to everybody to listen to as a little Christmas gift. Um, so hello to anybody who doesn't usually sign up. This is usually a Patreon podcast for just two year old month. But we are here to talk about that game. Although I don't, there could be three, because the three games that are the most interesting over the weekend you could be referring to. I'd imagine you're referring to the one that I was at, which was Como 2, Roma 3. Oh, yeah. But first, would you like to list through all of the results? I suppose I will, if we have to wait to get to the good bit. Um, Milan 1, Napoli 1, which is funny. Sampdoria 1, Juve 0, which I feel like I shouldn't say is funny, but it's certainly shocking. Um, Pomeriano 0, Sassuolo 2. Como 2, Roma 3. And Fiorentina 4. Into two, that was the Monday night game. Yeah, it was the Monday night game. What a game that was, too. Mm. Um, but yes, we were going to start where you were because Coma two, Ram three is not a scoreline that I don't think anyone expected. I don't, I, I wouldn't say I was going to that thinking Ram were going to win seven nil or anything like that, no. but you don't expect them to concede twice, really. No, you don't. I was at this in a non professional capacity, thankfully, I was there as a fan in adverse commas. Um, and I was talking to a couple of people at Roma before the game, who I know and I saw and I went to say hello to and wish a Merry Christmas to. And they were very, very worried about this game because this was the Sunday afternoon game at three o'clock. And Roma had been away from home since Wednesday because obviously they went out to Paris for the Women's Champions League game against PSG. They went straight from Paris to Milan and they were based in Milan over the weekend where they had one training session 
and then played the game against Como. So they were worried. And I did make the point that Como don't score goals. They had gone their last four games without scoring a goal. And the thought coming into this game at Roma was, yeah, they're probably not going to score, but they're a really bloody high team to play against, as Juventus saw, although the scoreline was more comfortable than the match actually was for Juve that day. Milan have seen that. Um, Fiorentina saw that for an hour. Inter have seen that. All of the big teams have seen that Como are a decent side this year, and Como went 1-0 up against Roma, and then they went 2-1 up against Roma, but eventually Roma won 3-2. They had two Elena Linari penalties in there and a really high-quality header from Lucia Di Guglielmo, uh, which reminded me of a more powerful version of the Messi header header in the 2009 Champions League final. I'm mentioning that twice in a week to you, Brunzi. But it's accurate, but just because of the loop of it. Um, but it was a powerful one. It was really nice. Uh, but Roma will probably leave feeling like they got out of jail. But the overwhelming sense will just be absolute jubilation because they, they've come through a test like that and extended their lead at the top of the table because Juventus obviously lost earlier in the weekend. So it's a perfect weekend for Roma. It's not the perfect match for Roma. But I did feel so sorry for Como because it was... they. This feels silly to say, right? But bear with me. Como were the better team than Roma. Roma got two penalties, and one of them was a silly penalty to concede. I, I think Matilda Lundorf just kind of not lost her head, but kind of lost all sense of where she was. She had made a mistake a couple of moments earlier, and when that happens, the, the red mist can often descend over. Um, and I think she might have just got a bit caught up and went into a place that she didn't need to go into and kind of accidentally tangled legs with someone. It was a penalty, but it was foolish. And the other one as well was a ridiculous high foot from memory as well so there was absolutely no need to concede either of those penalties and then other than that it didn't really look like Korinchova was going to be beaten aside from that ridiculously good header so Como were very very good they can take a lot of heart from that scoring twice against this Roma I mean takes some doing as well but what a game yeah the it's it's interesting that that Roma was so concerned about this game because not only is there what you said about being away and then away, one of which was international. Um, knowing that Juve lost probably wasn't actually a great thing in, in that moment. Yeah, yeah. If they're already a bit shattered and feeling underprepared and knowing that they've got a real job to to beat a, a good Goma team, it, it's probably not massively helpful to know that if you do lose, you've missed out on a massive opportunity to get a bit of a lead. Um, I suppose it would help in that they know that they're not going to have lost any of their lead, right? So they, yeah. they they have that to fall back on, that if they went and lost against Como, at least the gap is still what it was. Yeah, and then they've also got the knowledge that they've got PSG again, which, as we record, is tonight. Um, obviously at home, but still they're playing PSG. <laughs> the the only team that they've played all season in all competitions that have beaten them. Um yeah, so it must Roma be a bit of a knackering home. time. Roma would have got back home very, very late on Sunday night, assuming they travelled after that game. Um, but bear with me, that would have been a, a trip taken entirely in darkness, which does make it feel a little bit longer. And mm. it's winter and you've been travelling for a week as well. So Roma would have had probably a 
less than ideal training session on Monday, if anything. It was probably more recovery than anything else. Um, and then again, they would have had a training session on Tuesday. So they're going into this PSG game off the back of having been away for a week and training once. So it's not ideal at all. Yeah, and we, we, we all get very, when we talk about, obviously sort of more so in the men's game, but when we talk about players having to do a big journey, like when, when, when say, an English team gets a Turkish team in European competition, and everyone's like, oh, poor things, you have to fly, or, you know, they have to be on a private bus. And, yeah, it it is mentally taxing to be yeah. away for multiple games in a row, um, doing big distances, living out of bags. It's it's tiring when you or I do it, and we're yeah. not then going out and playing elite-level sports yeah. at all. Like I think we ought to be a bit kinder, because um, you know that those you, you don't realize how sort of mentally draining those things can be, and it it, it can translate to your legs mm-hmm. um, and you, you know your concentration over there. Luckily, um, Spunny's got such a great squad there that you know he can stick one of his defenders on two penalties and, and they'll dispatch yeah. them both perfectly. It is stupid. Um, I mean, the, we were looking at the um, the players warming up, so I was here. I'm, I'm not going to deny it in a Como supporting capacity because of friendships. So I had no choice really. But we were sweating when we saw the players warming up for Roma because at halftime you've got Jacinti warming up. They bring on Aigbugon. Um, they bring on Kumagai. Sartorini comes on late. Fire Singer comes on. And then on the bench, they've still got like Claudia Chicotti and Moeka Minami. So the depth they have is is stupid. But we know that. I think. We might get into Roma's squad strength a little bit more if we go into the more of a season review so far. But should we just fire through what's left of the weekend's games before we get into that? Yeah, I think we have to talk about Eva, don't we? Because they lost God. away at Samp um, just for insult to injury. Juve Loney scored as well. <laughs> and Emma Chatter was one of the best players on the pitch too, another one. Yeah, it was Bregonzi who scored and she, she did not celebrate at all. Um, or if she did, she managed to sort of hide it in the crowd. I don't know if there was a bit of fist pumping going on potentially, but she certainly didn't run away or anything like that. Um, which is her prerogative. Um, but it's a, that's a disaster though, because yeah, like, is, yeah. you, especially when you've just when Roma then dig out a win in a situation where this sort of thing feasibly could have happened and then didn't. You know, mm. that's there's now a six point gap there. And they can only, at least in the regular season, they can only play Roma one more time. Yeah, I think um, it best is summed up by something that was said before this game. So during the week, Lynette Berenstein went live on Juventus's Twitch channel and she was kind of asked about the Supercoppa because that's coming up in, in January, as you mentioned at the top. And she said, we love playing against Roma. We love playing finals. And when you think about the pressure they put us under in the league, we know every single weekend that we cannot afford to drop points because they don't drop any points. And then the next weekend out, Juventus do not just drop points, but lose against a team in the bottom half and Roma go away to a really tricky top half side and manage to get a win. So when you, when you see like that's been foreshadowed by something that their player said, it, it's if you're Juventus, you're left pulling your hair out, aren't you? Because like, it, it wasn't a fantastic performance. There were times when it looked like a lot of the players hasn't seen each other or played with each other too many times. It, Sampdoria, to their credit, were excellent. Like, 
I think they've caught us all by surprise this season, the unity of that group. And I do think any praise that's given to them has to stop short of going to Sampdoria as a club. It's more that group of players um, because they have shown incredible resilience to be this good this season. And yeah, Bregonzi, who, I mean, there are rumours with Juventus's injury crisis might be going back to Juventus in, in January. So that could well have been her last game for Samp. And it's against Juventus. She scored against them. <laughs> Having like, ruined the season. The the storyline <laughs> there is incredible if, if she does end up going back. Um, and maybe that would be why she didn't celebrate. Who knows? But I think she did celebrate after the final whistle. She didn't celebrate when the goal went in, but I, I, I think I saw a couple of images of her. And you can't begrudge her that really, can you? Like, it's biggest goal of her career so far. She looked like she was going to stick around at Juve this year if they got into the Champions League. They didn't, so there was less need for squad depth. So she went out on loan. And and then they've ended up having an injury crisis and could probably do with her. So it's sometimes things in football just happen that you can't really predict, and it's a bit unfortunate. But this is, I mean, you've said it. It's a big problem for you, but just to lose away to Sampdoria. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's got she's got a job to do at, at Sampdoria, and it's not an easy job at all. Um, so yeah, she she certainly is within her right to <laughs> celebrate, be it be it during or well, not during the goal, after the goal, or after the game. Um, Bernstein stuck out to me from this one because she missed one of those chances that you just put everything you have. On well, yeah, yeah, you're holding three up, maybe. There's one in particular that is that stuck in my head where she comes into the box, sort of to, to the right of the penalty, one spot. on one, yeah, and just has so much time to pick a corner. And she's done it so many times since she joined you, though, and just hesitates. It was really it's so out of character. She's such a decisive player and she's hesitated and it just like a, she allowed the keeper too many to... there, didn't it? Yeah, just allow the keeper to shut the angle, and that was that. Because obviously the the winning goal was obviously it was against the run of play, but I wouldn't say it felt like an onslaught from Juve. It's not like they were absolutely hammering um, Sampdoria. Of course, they were looking much more likely to score a goal, um, but that that's kind of a separate worrying thing in itself, isn't it? Yeah, I mean you've had to say a lot more of the ball, or at least that's how it felt. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats now, they had 70% to Sam's 30. It did kind mm. of feel like that, but they both had a similar number of shots on target, and Sam were just defensively excellent. Like, Juventus couldn't couldn't get through, and I think this was one of those games where Juventus really missed um, not only Julia Grosso, but a fit Barbara Bonansea, because she came off the bench with about half an hour left, but she's still clearly trying to get herself back up to match fitness. And then Girelli and Nistrom as well, because Nistrom is one of those players that doesn't look it, but she's a bully. Like she goes out there and absolutely destroys and dominates centre backs. And then Girelli just wins every header that's in her area. So they could have done with something like that for, for the option to just kind of lob one in. But I guess that makes it a little bit funnier is a harsh word. So apologies, Juventus, but it, it, it's a funnier situation that Sam's winner was from a ball off the box and it was a it was a Bergonzi header but yeah there you go there you go the Super Cup and I means so much more doesn't it yeah that means more I'm, I'm sort of hunting for positives from a Euro perspective one I would say is that the fact that this has come just as there is a break 
Um, you know, they're not going to play in the league again until like the 16, uh, 13th of Jan. Right. Um, you know, that is <clears throat> pardon me, a sizable break. And it's that gap between them and Fiorentina is just close to two points. And Fiorentina are playing very well and they're confident, and you they clearly aren't right now. Um, the fact that they've got some time to regroup, possibly get some players back to fitness, is probably the only positive that you can take from the weekend. They probably don't need another game straight away right now. No, agreed. And Julia Grosso is back in training, which is huge. There was it was always unlikely she was gonna play against um God Samp, given that her injury seemed quite serious and you don't want to rush her back in that situation, but you would imagine if she started training before the Samp game that she should be okay to play some part in the Super Cup, but we don't know, but we'll see. Um, so having her back is huge, obviously. Getting the others back will be just as important too. And I think we forget sometimes, Martina Rosucci must be on her way. Like she's She started running on grass, I think, about a month ago. They posted stuff on their social media channels. Um, so that's going to be huge as well, because she's a an excellent midfielder with so much experience too so yeah we'll see we'll see speaking of Fiorentina that gap was shut to shut was closed to two points because they whacked into not really but they they beat them 4-2 Veronica Vicetta just scores goals she's got three of them 36 years old and she's not striking <laughs> I know <laughs> and only one was a penalty as well um the I want to say third, yeah, the, her her third, which was also Fiorentina's third, was a very good goal. It's um, the one where she comes in. Mm, that wasn't a 36-year-old's goal. No, it um, wasn't, was it? Not at all. <laughs> the first two goals in this game, Inter's and then Fiorentina's, were two of the worst goals that I think anyone's ever seen. They, they were absolute shockers. <laughs> <laughs> that is harsh. I felt so bad for Sarah Satinia on Fiorentina's first goal because she pulled off mm-hmm. it was just a goal mouth scramble and in that she pulled off a really good save and a world class save but then her defenders were all just standing there and watching the ball and you see it's eventually bundled in on what I think was the fourth or the fifth shot and she just stands up and goes like can someone else help me out here fucking hell ridiculous Um, although to be fair to into very much their, and it still feels weird to be saying this, but very much their shining light this season has been Michaela Cambiaghi, and she scored twice. Um, second one was a very nice finish as well. Um, there, there was no sort of uh poaching or anything about that, it was a you know, just a very good forwards finish, a run and a finish. Um, but into just still, yeah, you know, if ever there was a game to sort of show that they are not that this season they are not on the same level as the teams above them. You know, that gap is now eight points up to Fiorentina, which is quite massive. Um, it is a massive gap, isn't it? Like, because Inter are so likely to drop points as well. Like, they, you just can't really trust them. So Fiorentina have been, to their credit, and to, I nearly call him Luis De La Fuente every time I talk about him. Sebastian De La Fuente, the Fiorentina coach, has come <laughs> to He's done a very I good job. I did that when I was writing recently. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I, had to, I had to double check. <laughs> he's a very different man. He is a very different man. But to my knowledge, anyway. There you go. He's doing a good job. He's doing a good job. I suppose, you, you remember that idea early in the season that it wasn't really him doing stuff at 
Como. It was I forgot the other guy's name. The one who's now in charge. Michael Brutale. Um Yeah. I suppose the way that things are going well at Fiorentina suggests that either like he is still a good coach or he's got another very good understudy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's part of coaching and management is delegating, right? So if he can see that Bruzzano has a lot to offer, use him. And there's probably coaches at Fiorentina that have a lot to offer too, so he might be using them. But I, I still think that a lot of the good at Como that we're seeing this year was also seen last year. So I do think there's mm. a bit of truth in the Bruzzano thing. But yeah, Delafonte obviously knows what he's doing. Good man. Uh, Michaela Katona scored again. She's on a very, very tidy season. Mm. Um, I just like her as a player, generally. You do like her a lot, don't you? Yeah. You'll often not bring her up, but when I, there's I've, an opportunity I've, to bring her I've up, you don't for, hesitate to do it. Yeah, I've plumped for her in Team of the Week probably more times than, um, than I would have. Than is needed. <laughs> I, just, I like those sorts of attackers where you really can't define their role. Well, this is the thing. You always refer to her as a forward, and I always refer to her as a mm. midfielder. So this does a lot. Sums it up, doesn't it? Um, I think maybe, this season but, but, she's definitely Agreed. Um, so I think it's part of what makes them hard to play against. They, they do have quite a few unpredictable forward slash midfielders in that team, um, and we like them for it. But yeah, only two points to Juve now. So that that is, you know, you still have to massively back Juve to. To be second, um, but it's nonetheless interesting. Milan are rubbish. Hey, right. Well, we do this as we're into the mid-season review now. Yeah, <laughs> I want to talk Milan being rubbish. In a all right, we'll 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 talk about this result and start with Milan as yes. being rubbish in a more general sense. They drew with Napoli, and it took a ninety-fifth, ninety-sixth no, minute <laughs> equaliser from Emily Laurent to actually get that point. Um, they're eighth now. You know, let, let's get big picture. There's ten teams in the league as well for anyone listening. <laughs> you know, and this, this isn't like um, Como where they're separate to the men's team or any. Uh, as they're yeah, separate to the men's team or anything like that. This this is still this is AC Milan. <laughs> uh huh. Um, Have you got the modern club? What was the time of the Laurent goal? It was la- last kick of the game. Yeah, ninety-six. Right when. Milan played Napoli earlier in the season. Emily Laurent scored in the 96th minute to win 1-0 for Milan. So That's weird. Napoli have, before this game, Napoli had one point this season. One point. They had lost nine from ten matches and then Milan rock up and Napoli are beating them until <laughs> the 96th minute. Oh. They're... <laughs> I'm, right, it, I'm yeah. sorry. They are shite. They are a disgrace to what they are. And I think it is probably time that we start. We we cut the players. We cut the players a lot of rope while Gans was there because he was not good enough for that job. But he's gone now. So why are they still mm. not able to beat Napoli? They lost the derby in the first game without guns, which can happen. And they looked a bit better. It was 1-0. It was a Cambiaghi header. But it's going to be a big test of Milan after Christmas because they're in the bottom half of the table. Like, not only are they in the bottom half of the table, they're above only Pomigliano and Napoli, which is disgraceful. And 
they they're fighting relegation at this point. Not automatic relegation, but they're fighting to stay out of the relegation playoff place. Like they're ten points off Como in fifth. They're not gonna be in the top half of the table. They they need a an eleven point swing in what's left? Eight games. Seven games. What's it's, left? Nine games. It's only five points that gap. Um Hang on, I might, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm losing my, I was looking at Pomigliano. Right, they're yeah, five it feels points like it off. Be more. But they're not going to do that, are they? Because they still need the swing to be less for Sassuolo and Sampdoria. They're not going to get into the top half of the table. Well, their last victory um, in the league was against Pomigliano um, on 22nd of October. Since then, they've lost to Fiorentina, drawn with Sassuolo, drawn with Samp. Lost to Inter, <laughs> lost to Roma, drawn with Napoli. Now there are some hard games in there, but they're supposed to be operating. That is football, in, though. Yeah, in the top bit of the table, because um, like the 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 derby against Inter was Davide Corti's first game, wasn't it? And there there were some. You know, yes, they lost, but they certainly didn't get hammered, and there were some gentle signs of maybe something better. Which which you know now we can say will happen in your first game once you've got rid of a unpleasant coach. Mm. But, but like I say, af- after that, the loss against Roma, all right, fine. Then they've got this Napoli game. This is the one where WA Corsi needs a win, really. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the fact they got a draw, it's not like it was, oh, they were 1-0 up and conceded late on, or it was one all for ages and they were hammering at the door and just couldn't quite find a way through. They scraped it at the end. Yeah. Um, which is bad. Bad and wrong. So, and the, the ability of the players they have there doesn't wouldn't make you think that this would be happening this season. Like they they made some good signings in the summer. They've got the captain of the best international team in the world, Sweden, according to the rankings. Like it's incredible that they managed to be this I'm comical, like because it is funny for a team to, to have that much ability. Although, I, are we overrating them now? I don't know. I, we have to start thinking that, right? Because they yeah. were terrible last season. They're rotten this season. So maybe they're just a team of bang average players. Yeah, with with a couple others who, at times, have been not bang average. But you know, we we, we talk about Aslani, and she's certainly brilliant, but she is. Um, she's 34 now, so it's it's far from impossible that her powers are waning. Um, I think she's like, but she is phenomenal. Mm. <laughs> Even if her power, if this is her with her powers waning, good God, she's yeah, unbelievable she's, still. She's four times this season. So for someone who is essentially playing as a midfielder, she's pretty much pulling her weight in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um could probably do, but she's not got any assists. Um, could certainly do a bit more, but maybe that's more to do with the forwards around her aren't scoring. Um, but yeah, they are bad. <laughs> do you want if to? Either... Should we go. assign little ratings to everybody? Like yeah, a rating right. out of ten for their season so far. Okay, minus four. It, <laughs> no, let's not be silly, but it, it's probably <laughs> a one, isn't it? Yeah, I think it has to be. The the, the aim has to have been challenge for second basically that 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 should at least second should be the aim for ac milan really at least an ambitious one 
the, the the sort of the base aim has to be you've got to be in the top half and not be sort of cut adrift from anyone above you too much. And like I said, it looks so unlikely that they're going to be in that top half. It's it's far from impossible, but it does not look likely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll give them a one, shall we? Yeah, one out of ten. We've started in eighth, but should we go to the top and work down and then skip Milan? <laughs> yes. Um, Roma, you you basically have to give ten in the sense they've won all of the games, but he's wagging his finger like um, Ronaldo has just scored a goal. Ronaldo Nazario. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, um, no. <laughs> Elaborate. I know what you're going to say, but I'm letting you do it. I'm a, a firm believer that ten very rarely exists. Mm. So you, you I'm, keep. I'm going to give it a yeah four. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to give them a nine because it's been close to perfect, but they lost the Champions League game. And I know this is a Serie A focused podcast, but I, I don't think we can say it was completely perfect. But it's it's, it's not far off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's been a couple of games. It's not like they've been routinely hammering everyone. But, yeah, they're, they're certainly not deserving of any um, tangible criticism. <laughs> um, Juve. I'm going to leave this one to you because I don't know where to begin with, with the rating. Yeah, it it's very difficult, isn't it? Because like the, the, the vibe has changed now after this weekend because previously they'd won all of the games except for against the team has won all of their games so it's it's hard to really get your pitchforks out about that um and the injuries etc are a factor another factor is that they don't have european football this season so they are focusing almost 100 percent on the league um i suppose do we go I, i'm i'm leaning towards are we doing 0.5s? Because I'm, I, I was going to say 7, but it felt too We can too do 0.5s, but we're not going 0.25s. No, 6.5. Um, because there has been there have been things working against them. You know, injuries are a genuine factor. Um, the fact that Roma are just brilliant isn't their fault. Um, but that loss against Sampdoria means that yeah, that, that, that's kind of the first tangible thing of like, you've done bad there. <laughs> that's that's a game you should have won, and mm-hmm. you didn't. And you, you have the powers to win even with the injuries. Um, so that's why they're getting that score because I can't give them anything too high, even though they've won all but two of their games. Because the the aim is to win the league. That has to be the aim, and they're six points off the top. So sorry, you're getting a six point five unless you want to argue otherwise. I'll leave it to you. No, you can have it. 6.5. There you go. <laughs> you seem upset about that. No, not upset. Not happy. Just you've said something and I'm allowing you to say it. <laughs> um, Fiorentina. Now, this should be high, I'm going to say. Um, yes. 8.5. Oh, you've gone with a 0. 0.5 for this yeah. one. I was going to say 8. I'd accept that as well. I nearly said that. Let's go eight, shall we? Because I like rounding numbers. Eight point two five. No, we'll go eight. Yeah, we'll have eight. Um, I mean, look, they've they've won eight out of their eleven games. Um, so who did they lose against? Juve, Roma, and and then they they drawn one. Um, okay, which I can't remember who that was against. Some 
slug somewhere. Um, I don't know why I said that. That's mean. Could have been anyone. Probably Como. <laughs> yeah, they beat Como. Oh, yeah. Um, into. Gonna go harsher here. Five. Oh, that might be a wait. bit harsh. No, I don't think that is harsh. Let me just have another little look at the table. Okay, yeah, they are 16 points off top, 10 points off the Champions League places. I am going to go 4.5. Oh, he's gone Mina. Um, I don't think it's acceptable. They've got an excellent coach, Rita Guarino, who's won everything in Italian women's football. Um, they brought in Angelica Bonfantini, who got two assists over the weekend, fair play tour, but hasn't been as good as we thought she might be. The absence of Chewinga was always going to hurt, but it's hurting more than it should because I think Chewinga was so good last year that we might have overrated the ability of the players around her because it looked like it was very much a a front three of Pauli, Chewinga and Cartuni kind of playing a little bit deeper, but very much involved in the attacking unit. And nobody's just been nobody's been as good. Um, I I think Inter have big big problems defensively. They look a little bit of no. Hang on, sorry. The the defense looks. A mess. I was going to say a little bit of a mess. It looks a complete disaster. <laughs> um, yeah, they lost five nil against Juve. Mm. Yeah, they like I say the main thing is yes, Turing is gone, but it's not like they lost loads of other key players. That like the core of the team that was quite good last season is still there, um, and they've they've added a couple as well. You know, Cambiaghi's coming in and he's actually scoring goals. Um, Bonfantini we talked about last week is uh, on paper a very good player to bring in but hasn't done what was perhaps expected of her at least so far um, they should be it's not necessarily that they should be higher in the table it's that they should be closer yes. to to the teams above exactly them because right. there's there's an 8 point gap to Fiorentina now um, yeah. which that's... is mad yeah absolutely right Absolutely Which is partly right. testament to how well Fiorentina have done, but it is also partly down to Inter not having yeah. any sort of intensity. Fiorentina are, in theory, what Inter were last season. You know, mm. they got a new coach in, they're in transition, but Inter should have a bit more about them, I think, and I don't think we should be kind to them. There is that annoying anomaly from last season where they did actually end up fifth, even though it doesn't feel like it's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah. they are ahead of where they ended up last season. I had this same conversation at the Como game on Sunday. I was arguing. I was like, they didn't finish fifth. Mm. So they did, and they yeah. pulled up the Milan with this. Even Milan, though they actually ended up third. Milan got relegated <laughs> last year. So. <laughs> what the hell are they doing this I year? I think Milan finished third again last season, did they not? Yeah, they did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the table sometimes lies. Yeah, once it all stopped mattering, they started winning and Inter stopped. Um, Como. Now. It's got to be high. Yeah, I'm just trying to work out how high. 8.5. Yeah, I was going to say 8, but I'll go with you because it's been... Uh, oh, I'm going to say 8. Because they don't have a striker. They need a striker. Ono Slovenius is excellent off the bench. Milano Martinovic, Martinovic sorry. Um, I She she has a, a role that she can perform, but I don't think it exists in this Como team. And I think they need to sign a striker in the winter. I think they're very aware of their need to sign a striker in the winter. And I think they are actively pursuing strikers to sign in the winter. But for the moment, 
it's hard to pick too many flaws in this team other than the fact that they need someone to put the ball in the net a little bit more. I mean, the the way they play seems perfectly suited to the players they have at their disposal. Michael Bruzzano has done a very good job in taking over from Sebastian De La Fuente. And the players they've brought in have mostly slotted in quite nicely. Big question mark still over feels harsh because she's very young, Nicola Cangeli, um, one-time golden girl on loan from Juve. She did not do what was expected of her at Parma last season. She's performing slightly better this year, but there's still a lot to be done. Um, of the other signings, Danielle Cox has been excellent. She's just moved into another central defence and performing at the level that she always has in Serie A. Lucia Vaitukaitite is doing very well. She got injured in the game against, what was the game I was at recently? Pomigliano, but she seems okay. I mean, she's playing through injury, but she seems capable of playing through injury. And they've just got players who are very capable on the counter-attack in Margarita Monecchi, who's rapid and has the ability alone to carry the ball from the edge of her own box to the edge of the opponent's box. And players like Miriam Picchi are chipping in with goals here and there too. So I would say that Como have been very, very good. 8 to 8.5, depending on how harsh you want to be. I'm going to be harsh and say 8. Yeah, I think it also makes sense. We have to consider that they haven't won in five now. Um, they the, in that five, they played Juve, Fiorentina, and Roma. Um, but they didn't beat Napoli or Pomigliano. Yeah. So that has to slightly factor into this latter bit of the first half of the first half. If they have a number nine, they beat both of those teams. Yep, agreed. Um, let's hope they get one. It would be interesting to see them in the top bit of the tabla. Who have we got next? We have got Sassuolo, who sort of feels like I've just been operating in a bit of a nether region uh, this season. Um, six. It's, just, it's They're very hard to judge. Um, average in a point a game, which over yeah. the course of the season will obviously keep them well clear of safety. But there is the the feeling with Sassuolo that they could be a bit more. I, I look at the Sassuolo team and I think they're they're a bit funny because I, I think in goal they've got Kresher. I still don't really know how to pronounce her name. Kresh, we'll say. And Duran. And I think between them, they're a good goalkeeper. But they're both really good at the opposite things. So it's, a, it's quite annoying. Dur- Kresh is an excellent shot stopper and Duran's very good with her feet. Um, the defence is good, if not flawed. The midfield, though, I just I think that's what's really holding them back. Because in attack, obviously, they they've got so much talent. In attack, Kulashi looks like she's she's a good player. Bacari is literally the best Italian youngster around. Um, Lana Cleland is finding her form this season again now, and she's been. A guarantee of goals for what? How long has she been in Italy now? Eight, nine years. She's just scored goals every single year. Um, so there's no problems there. But if they were to really strengthen in midfield, I think we'd see a, a much better Sassuolo team. But yeah, I would have been leaning between five and six for Sassuolo. Yeah, solid, but there is the potential for more. Yeah, massively. Uh, Sampdoria, probably eight. I mean, they, I? The fact that they're uh, maths, 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 uh, maths, nine, maths, nine points off the bottom is 
shouldn't have taken you that long to do. <laughs> It's 11 minus 2. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I hadn't decided which bit of the table I wanted to yeah. I wanted to judge it from. Um, but uh, I say that I, I am also bad at maths. Um, but yeah, nine points off the bottom. It yeah, Again, partly helped by the fact that Napoli have been very, very underwhelming. Um, but Sampdoria nearly weren't in existence. Well, I mean, they, almost t- they temporarily weren't in existence um, coming into the season then quickly popped up again. And the fact that you absolutely would not put any money on them going down at this point is deeply impressive. I know that they're signing someone in January as well who's going to make them even better. And it's frustrating because this is a player who probably should have gone to... Yeah, that's a ridiculous message. <laughs> um, we, they're, they're signing a player who could have gone to Como and probably would have made Como a better team again. But anyway, I am going to go high for Sampdoria and I'm going to give them a nine. Because if... As many as nine. When the season started, if we said we're going to be 10 games into the season and Samp haven't picked up a point, would you have been surprised? No. We've got 11 and they're nine points off bottom, six points off the playoff. Like, they've been so much better. They've just beaten Juventus. (laughs) With with their own person. (laughs) That's worthy of an extra little point. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right, I'm with you, nine. Um, we've talked about Milan already, who are next in the table. What are we setting on for them, just numerically? One. Quickly? One, that was it. <laughs> um, name a probably... positive. Name, name a positive about Milan season so far. Go uh, on. I'm not I disagreeing. Dare, I dare you to name <laughs> a positive I did about not Milan disagree season. with the one. I merely chuckled at it. <laughs> Name get, get your mouth away from the camera, it's weird. Because I, I have the power to publish the video of this. <laughs> well, it saves as a video, doesn't it? And then I strip the audio from it. I didn't realise I looked mad there. Um, <laughs> you know that video? It, it, it might just stay on my face. <laughs> I was doing that. Um, there's, no, there's not one positive about Milan season. No, there's not. Well, no, there, um, is. there is. Sorry. Milan fans, you finally got rid of them. Well done. Gans yeah. is gone. Have sorted out. It's not yielded the fruit you might have wanted just yet, but it has only <laughs> been three games. Yeah. Um, Pomeliana in ninth, they've got five points. They try to leave. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. I was about to give them a five, but they tried to leave the league. Uh, expressing a desire to not play anymore does factor into your mid-season rating on, on this podcast. Right, let's split this in two for Pomeliano. We'll give the players <laughs> a rating and the club a rating. The club are getting a zero. Yeah, because that was the poor show. Um, that was embarrassing. And then when they... So they withdrew from the league in the middle of a match day. And then... <laughs> right, how bad is that as a set to say? Just feels like it undermines everything else we've yeah, talked about. Well, of course it does. <laughs> but... Then, before the next match day, they said that they were not actually leaving the league. Having right, the best bit of it when they left the league during the match day, they said, following a meeting of our board of directors and the unanimous agreement, their board of directors is a fella. Yeah, he just went for a shit. Had a like, thing. How are you framing that as a unanimous agreement? It's just him. Um, but anyway. Pomeliano. And then before they came back, they said, we hope this isn't seen as us like going back on what we said. Well, it literally is, you pack yeah. of clowns. So the players, I'll give a 
five and the club a zero. Yeah. It does sound like from what some people were saying in the midst of all of that, there there are some grievances they have with the league that are legitimate, but the the way in which they went and the fact that those potentially legitimate grievances weren't really what they led with. It was a refereeing decision. (laughs) (laughs) And the idea that the world is conspiring to keep Romeliano down. Um, Yeah. I have heard that Pomigliano believed they should have finished in the top half of the table last season. Um, What? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense because, of course, they consult the numbers here. And they are unhappy with their performances (laughs) by that measure. Whereas Pomigliano staying up is a miracle every year. Like, it's amazing that they're doing that. And I I think the people at the very top of that club genuinely believe that Pomigliano should be in the Champions League? Well, so, can, can can you, before I tell you what I'm looking at, can you define, when you say should have finished in the top half, do you mean like they felt they were good enough? or the, Yeah, they feel the like the players underperformed to such a level that okay. they should have been in the top half. Because <laughs> I'm, the looking at, I'm looking at the regular season table for last season. So the second bottom one. Games. They were seventh. <clears throat> okay. It wasn't weird, they were seventh. The gap to fifth was 20 points. Like 20. In 18 games. Because as soon as you said that, I thought they were nowhere near. And then I saw seventh. I thought, oh, they're not a million miles away. And then looked at the gap. <laughs> and I, I remember now, we, we we very much knew who the top five and the bottom five were about mm. four games in. Um, Yeah, they're not. Yeah, the, the ownership of that club are in no way mentally stable enough to be in power over anything, never mind people. 20 points in an 18-game section. That's mad. Um, finally, at the bottom is Napoli. Um, I'm going to be harsh here because I think Napoli are on paper better than they're proving to be. Mm. Um, two points? Two points from draws. Or two, then. <laughs> yeah, when they get to 10 points, they can have a 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's hard to argue otherwise. Even two might be a little bit kind because... No, because it's not been... They've A lot of their performances have been better than the results suggest. Like, mm. they should have got a point against Milan in the first game. They probably... Do you know what? I think they've done enough in the two games against Milan to beat Milan twice. Um, in the first game against Como, I thought they were decent. Como were deserving of the, of the win, but it wouldn't have been a crime if Napoli had got away with a point. Um... I think Napoli have been better than a lot of the table suggests, but they did bring in some questionable characters too. So my sympathy does stop a little bit short. So mm. I'll, go, I'll go two. The um, the fact that you know they are only three points off of that playoff spot, um, and obviously once the league splits, they'll be playing against teams around them, such as Milan. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, funny, isn't it? So, yeah, there is the potential for if something clicks. They, you, yeah, we, we saw it last season with Como. That's kind of what happened. They they weren't really up to much at all. And it it clicked nicely in that latter part of the season. And they got themselves away from it with a few games to spare. Mm-hmm. Sampdoria did kind of the same thing just much later. Um, so it can happen. There is a lot of football still to play. But something, something has to give there. Um, you... So the the top two teams in so D. 
<laughs> what, what did I do? <laughs> I was going to say you and then change my mind. Um, top two teams over here, Tanana and Lazio. Right. And they're both Big winning routinely. Big fat asterisk there. Serie right. B's mad because the top two are on 30 <laughs> points and then the third and fourth are on 28 points. So the top four are separated by two points and there's only one automatic promotion place. Mm, but there's there's four very happy, routinely winning teams there who might be looking at Pomeliano and Napoli and thinking we could probably do them in a playoff were, were it to be played tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I say, long way to go. But yeah, they can have a two. Stop it. That is all of the table. Anyone else you want to slag off or praise? Oh, who can I slag off? Now let's go go through and do each no. individual player. I didn't talk about the Panettone and the Prosecco, did I? Oh no! Oh, you did yesterday on on the men's podcast. I think. I don't care. Talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, I was at Como, and <laughs> the people in front of us brought two bottles of Prosecco and. A big old panettone. So they turned around and they were like, would you like some panettone and prosecco? So obviously I'm going to take some of that. It's Christmas time. So I took some and you, it was really nice. You may have talked about that actually off of the recording. So Oh, did I? Good. It may, may well have been. So it's good to get that in there. <laughs> Apologies to anyone who's heard that for a second time, but it's it's a nice thing to hear again. So um, there you go. I had a lovely time. I got a little bit of a munch and a little drink. Also, I don't know why I didn't make this link, but you know yesterday when I was trying to explain that Roma split kit that the men were wearing, yeah, you describe yeah. that as gold, and I think that's scandalous. Well, yeah, it looks kind of gold when it's under the lights and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's it's the, the one that Rem are wearing at Coma. It's that kit. Um, they, have, they have the shirt from that one, and then the black shorts. Ugh. Yeah. It, 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 it didn't look horrendous, but it, I, I don't know why they couldn't. I don't know. There was no greens going on in that game, so I don't know why they couldn't have just worn light shorts. I suppose Bologna wear white shorts, don't they? But it's fine. Anyway, that's men's football. Um, so yeah, Supercopper is the next thing in this realm. 7th of January in Cremona. You'll be there. So there'll be a report. There'll be whatever else, some sort of feature from it potentially as well. Depending on what goes uh, well, you're saying things <laughs> that I literally will not be able to do on the day. <laughs> so is that you volunteer? In a, in a general sense. Yeah. Um, there will, of course. There'll be coverage. coverage. Yeah. We might, if we, if we have the, the possibility to. Um, I think that's one of those things that isn't quite English, is it? If we have the possibility to record a little quick preview podcast for that, we might. Mm-hmm. Um, a little 10, 15 minute job. So stick with us on that. That will just be a patron thing. So two year a month, please. Oh, um, this is the sort of thing that we ought to know in advance, but... What's the telly situation for that, if you happen to know off the top of your head? Um, I'm just wondering whether um, that would be available to a little slug in the UK, such as myself. Um, I would guess not. Do you remember last year? Did you watch the Supercoppa that was in Parma between Roma and Juve that went to penalties? I don't think I did, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I couldn't. I've been busy. Um, but yeah, the, the website that I routinely would use to find this out information out doesn't contain the information, so we'll have to leave that for now. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll there'll be a written preview for that as well. So if, if we find that information, it'll be in that on total-italianfootball.com. I need to say that, don't I? Because this is going out for free mm-hmm. rather than on Patreon. Um, 
patreon.com forward slash Tottenham Football. We do this every match day, um, as well as the odd other one for when Italy play. And, and Italy usually you're more now. composed than the intro. <laughs> yeah, it's the time of year. It's all gone mad. We're, we're, we're limping through, folks, <laughs> to the other end of the festivities. My dog Look. looks like he wants to be pet, so I'm going to wander over to him. <laughs> right, you're off. We're done. <laughs> I'm taking you with me. There he is. Yeah, there he is. This is a good audio feature, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll put this bit on YouTube just for the last, <laughs> last 30 seconds. And the bit where I was doing a Neil Warnock impression. Yep. Um, thank you for listening in 2023 to our, our, our women's podcast. I thought you were thanking me. Well, I might thank you in, in about eight seconds or so. Okay. Um, but yeah, keep listening and do tell people because we like doing this one. And... I was, I was going to say we want it to be worthwhile. I mean, we'd keep doing it regardless. <laughs> um, but yeah, more people the better because the league is genuinely very interesting. Um, and I reckon there's going to be loads of big fights at the bottom towards <laughs> the end of this season, possibly involving me, though, which is funny. Thank you to you as well. Are you going to thank me? Are you talking to me now? Yeah. Thanks. Um, this is the last time people will listen to us this, this year because we've we've finished all our men's coverage. Oh no, we'll be back with the men's game on the on the thirtieth, right? But happy Christmas to everybody listening. Um, we do like women's football a lot, so this is a lot more fun than the other one. We do like doing the other one, but this one's a lot more fun, I think. Yeah, it's it's sillier, but in a good way. Like, I feel like weirder things happen. I reckon the well, teams <laughs> leave the league. Well, I reckon yeah. the other podcast is still there because Kev exists in it and he's a ridiculous yeah. guy. Yeah. And I feel like there's there's just less desire there to speak really like football-y because obviously, yeah, it's it's the men's game, so it's much more saturated. And we know less about the men's game. Whereas <laughs> yeah. I get told things from mad places quite yeah. often. There's, the there's double the teams. Yeah. You don't possibly know what's going on. But anyway, that'll do. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.